0: hello and welcome back to george bowman and friends um as always thank you so much for listening i really do appreciate it um if you can go and subscribe on spotify or apple music or whatever you listen to my podcast then it would be amazing because the subscriptions and the downloads really help me grow and uh, reach new people which is really the aim of what i'm trying to achieve with this so i would really appreciate it if you could go and subscribe um so far, we've obviously I've uploaded my live show, which I do for the University of Radio, um, University of Nottingham Radio Station, every Tuesday from about eleven fifteen till twelve forty five, and I've uploaded that as the podcast, and I've absolutely loved doing it. It's been it's been a great laugh. I've had friends on, and obviously a couple of weeks ago I had my family on, and it has been really great. And I really ha- hope you've enjoyed listening. Um, Obviously, though, I'm not at university every single week of the year, and there are going to be some times where I'm not able to do my live show, and this week was one of those times. Um, I've actually come home to get an MOT on my car, believe it or not. So when I'm not at uni, what I'm going to do is I'm going to interview one particular guest who I think is a really interesting person or has an interesting story, and I'm going to bring that interview to you as my show. Um, I'm really excited about this and I do see this as probably the future of the podcast when I leave uni and stuff like that. I do want to continue doing it and I think finding interesting stories and people to tell them is going to be a great way to sort of keep the podcast going. Um, So yeah, obviously when I am at university the live show will still be done but I am going to try and get to a point where I'm doing both and hopefully having some interesting people alongside the live shows that I'm going to do on a Tuesday, um, so yeah, it's, it's slightly different this week, uh, and we're starting with a batting, that's for sure. If you're not from the fencing world, you may not have heard of this guy. Um, his name's Stefano, and he is an Argentinian fencer. And I actually met him last week, and we had a chat for another podcast that I do for the university uh, called the Green and Gold Podcast. And he's one of the most interesting, fascinating people I've ever spoken to. He's an absolutely great guy. I loved the time we spent together last week, um, getting to know him a little bit and his bit of his story. And obviously he's an incredible athlete. He is a scholar here at the University of Nottingham and has some amazing, amazing achievements. Um, such as he's a three-time Pan American individual champion. He's a South American champion, both individual and his team won the South American Championship. He's a junior world champion final uh, finalist in 2016. He's a multiple World Cup uh, medalist. Uh, he's a London Athlete of the Year 2018 and also he's obviously got a lot of honours since being here at the University of Nottingham, which we'll go into in more detail with him later. Um, he is a fascinating person. I hope this podcast gives him some justice. And sort of brings to you the the fascinating that I find about him. He's a great guy. Um, And I cannot wait to speak to him again, basically. So we're going to sit down, sit down for an hour. Uh, I'm going to ask him questions. We're going to have a chat, like we normally do on the show. Obviously, there's one person instead of three this time. And there's not going to be any music or any stuff like that. But I am really excited to sit down with him again, see him again. Um, And I hope you all find him as interesting as I do. So... So these episodes where I go and interview one person, speak about their lives, speak about their achievements, speak about their future ambitions, uh, they're going to actually come in two parts. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to release part A on one week and then the following week uh, part B will come out. It's just because these people are so interested and I want to spend so much time speaking to them and get as much information as I can out of them that the interviews end up being quite long. This one's uh, about an hour and a half. So I thought splitting them into two parts where you can listen for 45 minutes one week and 45 minutes the next week is the best way to go about it. But make sure you do tune in to part B, some of the most interesting stuff comes later in the piece. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I absolutely loved recording it. Um, he was so Stefano was so Stefano was so grateful and great with his time. I'm so grateful for him to come on. But the whole thing was fascinating i really do hope you find him and the podcast as interesting as what i did recording it so let's get started this is part a of the podcast with stefano lucchetti Without Further ado let's get on with the pot um and happy listening thank you so much for joining me i really appreciate your time i know you must be incredibly busy so th- thank you very much
1: no no of course it's a pleasure to to be back here and uh this time on your own show
0: yeah yeah exactly because um so we we actually met last week doing a podcast for the university called the green and gold podcast which should be out soon um and on that podcast we obviously talked about your your competition that was coming up this weekend yeah so just before we go into that it's the bit it was the big bucks week- weekend this weekend yeah yes um what's the big Bucks weekend for people that might not know
1: yeah so Bucks obviously stands for British Universities and College Sports uh, it's pretty much uh, you know the main governing body and org- organizers of all sports related to uni uh, and this weekend was Bucks Nationals uh, some call it the Super Weekend Super Saturday Super Sunday uh, and it's just a very very uh, High-level, big competition across various sports. Uh, I believe there was swimming, fencing, um, badminton, climbing, uh, and athletics. I think those were the five sports that were the Bucks Nationals all on the same this past weekend. Uh, like you mentioned, I'm I did fe- I'm a fencer, yeah, and, and I specialize in the saber discipline. And uh, yeah, it was it was a big weekend. I was uh, the defending champion. Yes, from two, two years ago. We talked
0: about that in the in the podcast. You yeah. were excited to go back and defend that. Um.
1: Yes, yes, I was really excited. Um, again, it was uh, because of COVID. Obviously, there's been a big gap in competitions and big sports events like this. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. First of all, I was really excited for for that to to be resuming, uh, and yeah, it was just good. Uh, to be back on the piece at the, at the high level, competing uh, with the best guys across the UK.
0: So going into COVID, because obviously this has been a massive part of our lives now for, for what, t- two years almost? Yeah, unfortunately. What, I know. So what was it like? As obviously you're an elite athlete. We're going go to some, well, I mentioned some of your achievements in, in the introduction. Okay. Um, what was it like as an elite athlete who obviously has put, competed throughout your life? Um, and having that massive break with no competitions, no nothing. What? What? How did you find that?
1: Uh, to be honest, it was a really roller coaster of emotions, good and bad. Uh, I'll start with the with the good, I guess, and then end on the bad. <laughs> but uh, some good stuff. Obviously, it was kind of like, um, in a way, it was just a little, a, a little break. Mm. So it was nice, really, to. Take a step back from training, from competing, because that was also the year of the Olympic qualification. Uh, So, timing was a bit not great as Mm. it was only two, we only had two more events to wrap up the Olympic qualification. I was in a spot still, chance with an opportunity to qualify. Um, But obviously, as you can imagine, that was very, very stressful. So, you know, this was. The pandemic was beyond any individual's Mm -hmm. uh, power to control. So in a way it was like, okay, there's nothing I can do uh, apart from, you know, trying to stay as positive as you can, trying to stay fit. Although it was very difficult because most gyms, clubs, everything was shut, especially during the first wave or two. Uh, So it was difficult to get in, to stay in shape. Uh, I did a lot of running outside uh, biking uh, on my own Uh, no fencing so on the joints it allowed me to recover completely my body to refresh mentally and everything and kind of to get that hunger back to go to the competitions Uh, you know it was so that was one of the the good things but overall like not so good because like I said it was difficult to stay in shape yeah um i did get stuck here unfortunately all right i got stuck in nottingham during the first serious lockdown yeah all my housemates were from the states back then they immediately as soon as the the then president trump announced that they were closing (laughs) the borders they literally booked a flight and left the next morning uh they even left a lot of their belongings and everything they put all that they could in a suitcase and <laughs> left. And I was just like, oh my God, oh, holy crap, I'm just stuck here. Because my parents were stuck in Argentina. And we,
0: So were you on your own?
1: I was on my own, completely on, on own. my own, for three months here in Nottingham. <laughs> uh, so I got to know campus really well. You must know it like the back of your hand. I no, know I all that. the little shortcuts, yeah. all the nice little places. Uh, the good running routes as well. The great running routes, but... So it was nice in a way to be yeah. able to explore Nottingham when I because I haven't had the opportunity to do so before yeah. or since. So that was good to explore. You know, not just campus, but yeah, wider, the whole place. Yeah, the wider area around around here. Yeah, but it was tough. It was tough the three months being alone and not having so much social yeah, interaction and everything. So, to be honest, uh, it was kind of a reset. Yeah. But in a way I'm glad it's over. Yeah. It's finally a, like the light at the end of the tunnel. So it was wow. a bit of
0: a process to start with. It was like it's actually quite nice having I've trained. Yeah. yeah. I've obviously you're obviously a very dedicated athlete. You've spent your whole life training. Like it must be a full-on life. Stressful mm-hmm. as well. Pretty much, yeah. So it was nice to have that little break, but then the further it went on the more you were craving the competition again. And, yeah,
1: yeah. I am a competitive person. Yeah. Uh, and just craving even training at a high level, yeah. sweating, seeing my teammates uh, and and sparring partners, social stuff. Yeah. Just just that, you know, you really, COVID taught me to be grateful for the little things and to appreciate, you know, the small things that we take for granted yeah. on a day to day basis. You know, just being able to walk into a building uh, <laughs> yeah. freely uh, and no mask, know, no mm-hmm. mask and yeah, everything stuff like that. Yeah, it was it was an experience. It was an
0: experience. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, I've also listened to a lot of like pro athletes speak, and they say that one of the big things around their life is structure and like training schedules, mm. all of this. How was it like? Because like, I'm sure that was that's part of your life. How was it like suddenly not having that? Uh,
1: to be honest, terrible. Yeah, I'm really, really soup like that probably that's one of the worst things about the whole pandemic and is still continuing right now uh the uncertainty the uncertainty okay, yeah. when is the next wave coming when is the current wave going to end uh when are restrictions coming will i have to take covid tests traveling will i not have to take will i have to isolate will i not have to isolate all these things factoring in uh the uncontrollables the uncontrollables really like you know and it's and it is hard uh i've discussed this with a lot of fencers like the, to stay motivated uh to stay hungry and ambitious and you know willing to grind and put in the hours of training if we're not going to have competitions for the next few months yeah. really why should we risk getting injured and really put our bodies through the uh you know tough, yeah, yeah, tough yeah. training and through the ringer if really there's not going to be anything to to compete for uh, so it's hard to adjust and really to know what's coming up. We just had our last two World Cups uh, being cancelled. Yeah. One in uh, Poland. That was actually this past supposed to be the same weekend as Bucks. Oh really? Uh, they they cancelled that one in Poland. They cancelled one in Italy at the beginning of March. So now the next one uh, is hopefully for now it's set and you know I my team is approved. My travel and everything for now is in Budapest in mid-March. So that's that's the next competition. But how
0: tough is that? You're obviously mentally, tra- well, you're physically training. You're doing all your training programs. You're mentally training to go and compete in Poland in, in March or Italy. So, yeah, in, a, few a few weeks lo-
1: later, yeah.
0: How's that? Just the to be told then it's cancelled and then, oh, you've got to go again though. Yeah, it's in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean,
1: uh, again, that's kind of, uh, I've learned not to stress too much over it uh, because those are the uncontrollables. Like yeah. that is determined by, uh, you know, the health agencies yeah. or the local governments, the organizing committees and the International Fencing Federation. So, has literally nothing to do with what I could control or, or anything. All I can do is stay as fit as i can uh try to stay mentally prepared for them uh but yeah it, it it's it's difficult it's yeah difficult. for sure
0: it sounds, it sounds horrendous um so obviously we started the box so it was the box week, big weekend um year off but you were going back this weekend to defend your title yes um how did it go uh
1: so good good i'd say really good overall could have been better. I, I ended up bringing home a bronze medal, so, um, you know, ultimately always happy with a podium finish. Would have really liked to have uh, defended the title, bring back the gold. Uh,
0: you can't complain at a bronze.
1: But yeah, honestly, no complaints. Uh, I just had an unlucky draw. I had okay. a very tough draw and I fenced, uh, you know, a very tough opponent in the semifinals. Uh, who you know me and him were everybody knew that that was supposed we were the top two guys was that the guy from durham that, that you mentioned... the guy from durham yeah. the italian yeah former world champion um so we should have met in the final unfortunately i did my i did my job in the group stages uh i won all my matches and didn't drop a single point okay. which i've never done before so okay. i was oh, congratulations very, yeah no i was very pleased with that and you know i was feeling pumped up uh, fencing really well and I enjoyed it uh, overall, so can't complain about the weekend. Injured my my heel a little bit, my foot okay. a little bit, but it's nothing serious. So I've been doing uh, you know rehab and recovery okay, in the yeah. sports injury clinic, getting back to, to full full fitness and ready for the. Now we have we just beat UCL yesterday. Okay, uh, as a well team for the cup for the Bucks Cup yeah uh, in the quarters so now in the semis we're travelling to London to face Imperial so hopefully we're going to come out on top there in that fixture, yeah. and then we'll have a chance to win the cup here so that's the semi-final
0: Imperial Imperial in semis. semis
1: and then we have Bucks Big Wednesday which is going to be like I mentioned yeah. to you before it's going to be a huge event hosted here at home in, at David Ross in yeah. Nottingham so that's going to be a big event I hope uh we can have crowds and students yeah. come support us. Would be awesome.
0: I know that there's um a few of my housemates from the hockey club and stuff like that, and they're they're still in the cup and they're really looking forward yeah. to trying to get through. And I think that event's gonna be amazing. Have you been Have you been to a final before?
1: No, no. Actually, uh, when I Kate, when I first started my masters, it the Bucks Big Wednesday had just finished that year. That was oh, 2019. No. Yeah. Uh, I started the fall 2019, and then covid happened yeah. and haven't had it haven't had that experience uh myself so i'm really really excited for it and hopefully you're and hopefully uh, we're competing we, in it Yes. Yeah. that's the goal well best of luck best thank of you, luck thank
0: you. um so that's obviously that was this weekend uh we, we'll go totally the opposite now we we'll go right back to the start okay um so you were born so you're an argentinian international fencer i represent argentina represent yeah. argentina yeah but you were born in california Yeah yes is that correct in the u.s in the states States, um so what was that like growing up in california what's the earliest memory that you have that's a tough question but
1: uh i can tell you the the i mean since we're talking about sports and everything i'll tell you the earliest memories i have fencing wise okay yeah um well like uh you maybe you mentioned in the intro i'm i come from a generations and generations of fencers and Olympians in my family. So you're the fifth? I'm the fifth generation, generation. yeah, to continue this tradition from my father's side. Yeah. And my dad's a coach. My okay. mom's a coach. And we in the States, we had uh, several, you know, private clubs that my parents owned and were uh, were running. So uh, honestly, my first memories were growing up at, at, in my parents club. I remember uh, after school or after even kindergartens, I'd go there and literally spend all day, every day in the club. Uh, You've literally been fencing just, your whole life. Yeah, just being around in that atmosphere. Uh, even I didn't start fencing until eight, seven, eight years old. Yeah. But uh, I uh, back in the day, I had my PlayStation set up in the club. <laughs> after school, I would go play some video games mm-hmm. and just hang out and be, be in that in that uh, arena all the time so yeah a lot of people say and I, and I do believe it like fencing has been my life and a, a significant part of it uh, you know obviously now I'm I'm excited and looking forward to starting my professional career outside of fencing mm-hmm. uh, nevertheless I'm not looking to stop fence to stop fencing anytime soon and actually hoping and training for to qualify for the next olympics because yeah. i definitely that's i want to continue the olympian tradition so it's
0: like, so every i did read that every generation of your family has been to the olympics
1: pretty much yes my 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 dad uh his cousins uh so my yeah, my second cousins or uncles yeah, whatever yeah. They, they are uh, my grandfather my great-grandfather my great-great-grandfather so yeah it's it's been pretty much one Lucetti in yeah. <laughs> every generation whether it's a cousin of mine or you know directly related to me uh, has been representing our country in the Olympics it's incredible really yeah matter of fact uh, interesting uh, story is that up till now there's only been two medals in Argentine fencing history okay and Both were won, uh, by my my ancestors, by my great great grandparents in nineteen twenty eight in the Amsterdam Olympics. Yeah, I did
0: see that. Was was it bronze? A bronze medal, bronze medal medal medal
1: team team event. So, uh, it was them two and two more, uh, Argentine fencers who won that bronze medal, and that's been the only one since. So my my goal, my dream, my Desires 2024, yeah. either 2024, 2028. Imagine
0: 2028, 100 years 100 years really?
1: later, we'll be back in California, the Olympics. Oh my God, so it's written I, in the stars. I think it really is written <laughs> in the stars. Like That's why, uh, you know, knock on wood, that uh, you know I stay healthy and, and hungry, uh, that my body will be able to last, my mind will be able to last uh, until 2028.
0: Well, yeah, it, it seems like the script is written. It seems like the script so. is I written. So.
1: It'll and, um, be cool. It'll be cool to. I'll definitely write a book about it later. Well, for sure. <laughs> you'll need to. You'll need to do that. Um, yeah.
0: And best of luck with it, obviously. Um, Thanks, man. So it sounds like fencing, well and truly, was in your blood. It is, but you, you were. It, it doesn't seem like you had a choice in the matter. You were going to be a, a fencer. Yeah. How is that, though? Because obviously, it sounds like you love it. So it is lucky you love it, but. For some people listening it might be like, that's what you were made to do, and some people don't like that sort of yeah, thing a little yeah. bit. But was it just genuine you did it and you fell in love with it at the same time?
1: Yeah, well it's a, it's a little bit combination of both. Yeah. Uh, so my si- I have two two siblings from my father's uh, you know, previous marriage and both of them had wanted nothing to do with fencing okay. at all. Uh, And, you know, when when I was born and you know growing up and everything, my father never really pushed me in fencing. And as a matter of fact, when I started expressing interest to start, he was like, no, but I don't want to put pressure on you. Uh, Are you sure? I really want you to choose. You're too young. I don't want to start yet. Not yet. Not yet. I secretly, you know, forced my mom to sign me up for a local competition uh, behind my dad's back. And, uh, w- you know, went to that without training at all. Literally just okay. uh, borrowed, uh, borrowed kit from, you know, some peeps from the club, uh, went, competed, and I won bronze medal mm-hmm. over there in oh, yeah. my first like under 10 and under event. Um, so I brought back the medal. I'm like, oh, hey dad, are you sure? <laughs> now is not the right time. And he was, uh, uh, you know, impressed to say the least. So that's when I started fencing. It was under my will, my desire. Yeah. But, uh, you know, growing up in the States, I played baseball, I played basketball, um, f- soccer or football, swimming and gymnastics. So I, I did do a lot of other sports it's... kind of as a addition to fencing or as a cross training. Yeah. Uh, which I really, really loved. Like base, probably baseball and football were my top, my top two.
0: Football, soccer, football.
1: Soccer, football. Yeah. Yes, not American football. Not a fan of that. No, no. My parents would not let me play <laughs> American football. I love American football, and I love, you know, uh, watching. Who you I, support? Uh, yes, I'm a Patriots fan. All uh, right. <laughs> I bet
0: you love watching them. Mo- More
1: so, I'm a Tom Brady fan. <laughs> and now I'm so sad that he retired, uh, but I have faith that he'll come back. He'll come out of retirement. Do you reckon? I think so. I think so.
0: I, he's the ultimate athlete, isn't he, Tom Brady? He's uh, he's yeah. the GOAT. He's yeah. the GOAT for sure. Uh, I don't know much about American football, but I know Tom Brady and yeah, follow yeah, him yeah. on Instagram and you all guys that stuff.
1: So. I, I, I was when I was looking at the podcast, like I know there's a few yeah. A few for American football and stuff There's a lot
0: of American football fans in the radio. Really cool. Well, that's football.
1: really cool. Uh, but yeah, going back to just my, my sports was, yeah, I did a bunch of other ones up until high school.
0: And baseball was the favorite Probably.
1: Yeah. Like I, I just really, because you know, fencing is an individual sport. I really, really loved football, soccer and baseball because they were team sports. So I, that's where I made most of my friends uh, and memories and it was just a completely different atmosphere and different competitiveness and just different sport experience. So I love that.
0: What were you like at them? Were you, was that ever an option to carry on playing that and going down that route? Were you ever that good or were you casual? No, 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 I
1: I was never, uh, you know, I've found that whatever I pick up, I pick up very easily. Uh, Yeah. Uh, But for sure, the talent and the level uh, like I have now in fencing uh, is, is unmatched like n- the other sports I was good at yeah. but never uh, great enough even to make it like to this you know high state level or anything okay. like that my my friends you know they were at when we were growing up at the same age they were playing for the all-state team for yeah. like the all-stars and everything and I was never able to to get to that level but you know enjoyed it i i really enjoyed it for me it was more social and you know kind of just keeping my mind fresh and not burning out just from fencing yeah yeah uh so yeah i played played football until high school um and uh yeah baseball a little bit less than that but
0: okay so it got to high school and then is that when
1: that's when i went pro for fencing yeah really Uh, so the whole 14 years old yeah
0: so high school starts at 14 yeah. in the US. Yeah. Because obviously in in the UK, when we say high school, I think I started high school at 11, 11 or 12. So really? it's a bit older in the US. So
1: High school is like uh, from 8th till 12th grade. Okay. No. Wait. 12. Yeah, it's uh, from 9th to 12th grade. So right before uni, right yes, before uni, yes, yes. high yes. school. High school. What is that here? That's is that like or... so
0: that there's a couple of ways that you can do it here. It's either so I went to I went to a state school system. Okay. So we call it year year one. Yeah. So like year one, year two. Yeah. So year one to year six is primary school. Okay. Year seven to year thirteen is high school and then uh, it's uni. Okay. Um and then if you go to a private school, some private schools are prep schools and yeah. that's year one to year eight. Yeah. And then year nine to year thirteen yeah. is the high school. So that, that's, that, that's, that's kind of yeah. more similar to the
1: States because we have, uh, elementary school is, uh, first grade for year one to year yeah. six, then six to eight is middle school. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then we have high school from nine to 12 and okay. then call it, we call it college, uh, or you like college and university is the same interchangeable Yeah. interchangeable in the States. I know here in Europe and in the UK, college is a bit different than uni. Yeah. But in the states, we just say, "Oh, we go to college." After to college, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. College sports is massive as well, isn't it? Oh, That's
1: it's it's a completely different experience than Bucks. No, uh, no, unfortunately, no, no. like <laughs> it's way high, way higher level, way higher level. But also, there's it's a billion dollar industry. So yeah, it's enough.
0: almost like because there's no sort of second division, so to speak. It's almost like the second division there, is. there uh, right there, there, is. there is
1: there's like the top tier is ncaa div one okay then there's ncaa div two div three then there's a f- plethora of other divisions and conferences oh, right, okay. if uh, those colleges or universities aren't part of ncaa yeah they still have a chance to compete and in leagues and stuff but it's just not as prestigious or not yeah. as competitive as NCAA but mm. it's still very high level and they offer scholarships and yeah
0: everything. we'll get on to the college sport because that's yeah. something I really do want to talk about yeah, I find yeah. it fascinating but um so going back so 14 high school stop playing soccer stop playing baseball uh, focus on fencing yeah just for I'm a bit I'm a bit ignorant when it comes to fencing and I'm sure a few of the listeners will be as Most well
1: likely a lot a lot of people it's a niche sport so. yeah
0: so if you were To give, I don't know, a quick dummies guide to fencing, Um, is that right? Explain it in sort of a couple of minutes if you can. Sure.
1: Basically, like the most important thing to know is that there's the three different disciplines or weapons as we call it in fencing. There's the foil, saber and epic. They all have different target areas. Uh, I won't really go into detail what exact because it's yeah. kind of irrelevant. If anybody's curious, I'm sure you can just Google it and yeah, there's yeah, visuals yeah. and videos and everything to explain it. But yeah, three different weapons, different target areas, different rules for priorities and uh, right of way and, and who you know yeah, attacking, yeah, yeah. defending, stuff like that. Saber is the fastest one, is the one that I do. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah... Basically, that's that's essentially it. It's one of the few sports that's been in every single modern Olympic games from the right. first from the first ones, um, along with I think there's five or six other sports. Yeah. Uh, so it's very traditional sport. Um, a lot of people associated with Star Wars and like <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean and you know sword fighting and stuff like that. Uh, I would say. It is quite different than that. Um, a lot of people can describe it like physical chess because it's a lot, a lot of mind games, a lot of you know planning, tactics, yeah. strategy, pre- premeditated actions and game plans and stuff, and a lot of improv- improvisation as well. Uh, but yeah, it's a very unique, different sport uh, that I, I feel like it is growing in popularity a lot. Mm. Um, there's more and more media exposure, but at the same time, it's classified as a quote-unquote amateur sport, and we don't have, even though I'm pro, uh, and competing at the highest level, you know, uh, I'm not, I can't just live off of fencing. So you will Uh, have to work. I will have to work, unfortunately. Uh, You know, it depends though, there are some, very few athletes uh world champions or Olympic champions that through that one or two good results they're able to land very big sponsors okay and they they can you know live yeah financially, yeah, 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 yeah support themselves through their, these sponsors or deals that they have uh while they fence which is very 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 difficult to to achieve but yeah that's so, kind of that's fencing yeah that's, that's, that that's, that's fencing Olympic sport three different weapons. Very mental.
0: How, why did you choose saber? Just
1: well, initially, actually, I, I started in foil. Okay. I started in foil, uh, which is kind of like the foundation weapon. Yeah. It's a good base to, to start in because it's a combination of the other two in a way. Um, and my dad is probably one of the top foil coaches. He was one of the top foil coaches in the states. Uh, so it was you know he started me off in foil. But uh, just, you know, like I said, they they have different rules and I was hitting off target constantly in foil uh, and rushing a lot, uh, you know, being trying not having too many, too much patience, uh, which is not a real good advantage in foil. uh, But in saber, you have to be quick and there's less point control needed. So he thought that I would be a better saber fencer. Uh, so it just suited your style? It just suited my personality and my style. Yeah. 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 And, and, but your no, dad, I've,
0: sorry, your dad was foil.
1: He he was Olympian for foil. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But he is a fencing master, uh, yeah. which is the highest level of coaching qualification yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you could have in all three weapons. So,
0: was it one of your motivations, um, so to speak, or one of your motivations now, sort of living up to your dad's? expectations or not expectations but obviously he went to the olympics you want to go to the olympics is your dad a motivating factor for you or
1: yeah i mean for sure um he's had a huge impact and influence on on my results on my on my career and and you know as motivating and, and pushing me uh throughout the hard times and stuff like that uh i'd say it's not just my dad to pinpoint specific i'd say it's more so this family tradition Yeah, that, okay. that's my inspiration really to uh, inspiration and motivation is that I know that it's not just my dad it's not just my uncle or you know one, once upon a time a long time ago in history that somebody with the, the same name won a yeah. medal at the Olympics it's more so like that every single generation there's uh, this tradition that you know kind of just pushes me and, and it makes me proud uh, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. represent my country, uh, and my family's name. For sure. It's and now, sense. obviously, um, you, you know, University of Nottingham, and the-, the Everyone you. Everyone sure. who yeah. I represent, yeah. Yeah,
0: for yeah. sure. Um, so high school started getting serious. What, what did that entail? What did training start looking like? How did that affect social life, maybe? Or did you find it hard juggling those two things? Or um, what, did, what was that like?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, for sure, my high school experience was not the same as many other high school or the normal high school life. Uh, Didn't go to as many parties uh, or, uh, you know, do too much outside of the classroom. Uh, For me, it was great just to hang out with my friends, play some video games on the weekends uh, and and just, you know, hang out a little bit uh, because... I was constantly you know right as soon as I get back from school uh, hop in the car hour and a half drive to practice practice for two hours two and a half hours then hour and a half back so literally we'd be in school from 8 till 2 uh, and then from 3 till basically 9 10pm uh, be at fencing or on the way to fencing or on the way back uh, so it literally was my whole life. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, though, like I know that to achieve good results and to get to the elite level and uh, to do some of the things that I have, you know, reached, uh, sacrifices were necessary. I'm super, super thankful and was really lucky that all my teachers throughout my uh, academic career and here at Nottingham and my bachelor's degree and in high school, they were. Always supportive of me traveling uh, and training. They were always accommodating. You know, sometimes giving me extensions or just you know helping me get through through that because they 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 knew uh, all the work that it entailed and the time. Uh, So yeah, I mean, it, it it wasn't a normal high school or school experience. I was absent a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but at the same time, uh, that allowed me to travel across the world, uh, m- create many new friendships throughout yeah. the sport, um, even outside of the sport. Just these experiences were priceless yeah, for me yeah, growing yeah. up at, at such a young age, going pro and traveling from 14 years old. So for me, that was that was uh, something I wouldn't trade ever.
0: So there were sacrifices, but. 100% worth it yeah 100%. yeah abso-
1: absolutely absolutely it was tough and everything uh, but at the same time uh tried and I was able to do get good grades yeah, in school yeah. uh get into good good offers from universities so yeah I was you know put in the work but it was all worth it it was For all sure. worth it yeah
0: who used to drive you those hour and a half was that well,
1: it, at, at first it was yeah, either mom or dad. Yep. Uh, sometimes my mom, she would coach at that high school, okay. uh, which was an hour and a half away. So then I'd tra- when she would be coaching during the season, she would have to leave before I got back from school right. uh, in order to get there on time and everything. So then I'd travel with my dad. Uh, and then once I got my license, my driver's license, we get it early. I don't know how what age you get it. 17. Year. 17. Well, we get it in the, the 16 in the States. Okay. So when I turned 16, I started driving. You know, my either myself or driving my dad, okay. so he can relax. Yeah, uh, and not be super, super burnt out for training. What well, car?
0: What car was your first car? Uh, yeah.
1: to it, not gonna lie, it was, a, it was a nice car. It was a Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it was a, like the ML 320. So like a big, right. a big jeep. Yeah, because this SUV, is Yeah, that's
0: like here. That's unheard of. You'd never get a. You'd never get a Mercedes the first car because insurance is so high. And But I feel like in the States, it's a bit different, isn't it's, it? It's, it quite...
1: it's, it's really different in the States because, yeah, the car is insured. It's not the person. Right. So it doesn't matter how young you are, old you are. Uh, oh, good it, or bad was, of... it wasn't brand new. I don't want everybody to have <laughs> some spoiled rich kid. <laughs> but uh, it, it wasn't brand new. It was my parents' old, old one. Right. Uh, but, you know, they wanted to give me a big... It was, it was a big truck, essentially, yeah. a big car, four by four, because uh, in New Jersey, the winters were rough, and there was snow and ice, so they just wanted me to be safe, especially, you know, being yeah, a new yeah. driver, having a big, heavy car, they thought would be a safer idea than having, you know, a sports car, obviously.
0: So at this point, you were in New Jersey, moved yeah. from California, when yeah. did that happen?
1: Uh, so. so I moved from California when I turned eight. Okay. Uh, and then from eight... 18 basically uh, until uni I, I lived in New Jersey
0: And is that your family home still?
1: New Jersey? No, my fa- <laughs> my is <family's laughs> all over the place too now like my mom is bouncing between Bulgaria and the UK my dad is coaching here in London oh, really? uh, so they're yeah. kind of based in the UK as well now, they decided to follow me when Back in 2017, when I moved to the UK for my undergrad, okay, they also uh, moved here with me and and everything. Yeah.
0: That must be nice having them.
1: Class. Yeah, it was good. It was good and bad, obviously. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a, a
0: time to get away, but <laughs> I'm trying to get away, I'm freaking cross the ocean. Um,
1: it was good that you know to have home cooked meals and be oh, taken yeah, care of, yeah, but so. at the same time, it wasn't. Uh, the most uni experience no. uh, living with your parents and, and everything like that. So again, social life was a bit yeah. off. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's why I really had a, a great time and I made up for that uh, when I came here to do my master's. <laughs> uh, but honestly, Nottingham has been a great experience and I yeah. had, I've had so much fun um, because I had this yeah, yeah. uni proper uni experience yeah. now i can check it off the list that you know i've done, I've it. done it i've been to crisis been to <laughs> Prism. i've done you know city. i've done th- those things i've had enough so, but
0: <laughs> we're t- so obviously we said about the sacrifice you made social life missing parties high school parties then you came here undergrad and lived with your parents so yeah. missed it all then um What's it been like then having this proper uni experience? Do you like a night out? Do you like a... Oh, yeah. Uh, of, of, yeah. of
1: course I do. Of course I... Who doesn't like a night out? Well, Yes. Um, <laughs> I, to be honest, I've calmed myself down a lot. Yeah. Uh, the first year I was here, uh, I lived with four American girls. <laughs> Three Americans, one German girl. Um who studied in the states but yeah that was that was a fun time you yeah. know obviously like yay freedom let's go out <laughs> crisis Rock City. so that's the
0: first time you've had it
1: really yeah yeah, yeah yeah in a way yes like we do we do which is also why i like traveling on the pro circuit as well it's fun because obviously it's work hard play hard we train and you know we bust our butts off and everything and give it our all in the competitions but usually after the you know as soon as the competition finishes um we have facebook groups or whatever and we message each other hey let's have some drinks let's go out uh so it's it's been really fun and like uh i've partied and gone out for you know nightlife in korea in china uh all across europe latin america so i've seen like very fun places um but at the same time i'm i'm I enjoy it, but I don't live for, for the night out. Yeah. Uh,
0: and that's quite a common theme in pro sport though, isn't it? Cause obviously you train so hard, work so hard, you get to a competition, put so much effort in, you've trained all this time. And then there often is quite a big blowout at the end. Yeah. They talk about the Olympic, Olympic yeah, village yeah, and stuff that, like that. I really want to get there to experience, to experience it myself. <laughs> I did, yeah.
1: But, uh, I, I mean, I think it's necessary to be honest. I think, you know, we're, there is a lot, a lot of pressure and, and expectations and stress being an elite level or high level athlete, uh, or even just being an athlete, you don't have to be high level or anything, uh, that sometimes is necessary and healthy to go and have a drink with your mates or, you know, blow off some steam, yeah, go sure. dance a little bit. You know, I don't think it's bad. You know, you have to be careful and do it within reason and not overdo it. Yeah. Because, you know, there has been instances in the news, you know, high-level celebrities, you know, getting caught doing stupid stuff or, uh, you know, people, you know, destroying their careers because of stupid decisions. So obviously, you know, you have to keep it under control and everything, but it is healthy once in a while.
0: It's definitely a balance. Uh, Balance. It's, It's, it's uh, that's,
1: that's the key word is balance, I think.
0: And what's your favorite place to go in, in Nottingham? In In Nottingham? One night out.
1: Oof. Honestly, I love house parties. Right. I, okay. I love I love just uh, hosting a house party. Yeah. Uh, I like DJing a little bit, oh, being able to nice. control the, yeah. my own music. Um, so the and, perfect
0: night for you is everyone around yours. Yes. Go, go yes. So honestly,
1: and that's why I was asking you about the speakers. And oh yeah, that's true. Because I I just I love love loud music, and okay. I can literally sit in my room and blast music, and I like that. Uh, I like having my teammates or friends or my housemates team yeah. over. Like I just like hosting, so for me that's those are the best nights. Yeah. If I had to choose a, a venue, ugh, Rock City. I can't. I don't like it to be honest.
0: N- not a crisis fan on no, the Wednesday No, no,
1: I'm not a crisis fan.
0: I'm I'm personally I I like. Crisis the event because I'm in the cricket club. Yeah. I love going. We, we're on the balcony in our shirts and ties. And yeah, it's great... oh, you're one of those. Yeah, guys. I'm one of those guys. <laughs> it's um it's a great event because obviously you're with your team. Like yeah, say, yeah, social. Yeah, of course. But the music's pretty average and the venue's. The pretty...
1: music is terrible. It's overcrowded. It's gross. Uh, it is fun to go as a team, though, or with a group. Yeah. Unfortunately, the fencing team we don't go out as much as big groups. Yeah. Uh, if we do, we usually go to Ocean, uh, which again the music's uh, not my favorite. <laughs> Cheesy
0: it's... music, but you—if you're drunk enough, Ocean. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, it's good. I think Prism <laughs> is my favorite. Prism, yeah. Honest. Which Prism? room? Vinyl.
0: Yes. Yeah, yes. Vinyl that's the correct is, answer.
1: Vinyl room is fun, but I just like the layout of Prism. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, I've only been there twice, but that's my favourite.
0: Maybe that's why. Less less is more sometimes. That's true, less that's, is true. More. that's true. Um, so we've touched on this a little bit already. Obviously, we talked high school. We talked... Obviously, you're at uni, now you're a scholar. I just wanted to go into education a little bit. Okay. And just ask you, what were you like at school? What were you like at school?
1: Great student. Were you? Straight A's. Yeah. I don't, no, I, I really was. Um, Again, that was thank, thanks to great support that i had like a amazing support system yeah uh, family that is family, family teachers family teachers even my friends though because yeah uh, you know sometimes they'd send me uh you know packets or their notes that from the days that i've missed uh so like that helped me so much and i'll always i'll never forget um the support that i had uh from from them from from everyone uh but at the same time, you know, being having that athlete mentality and always w- being competitive and wanting to be the best. And also my high school was uh, one of the best in the state of New Jersey. Okay. It was a very, very competitive uh, district. And most people from from our schools went to Harvard, Princeton, Rock. Yale, you know, Ivy Leagues or very, very top level universities in yeah. the States. Uh, so that being around that culture and that atmosphere as well, really pushed me. And I did have straight A's. I had a perfect, uh, we have GPAs there. So I had a 4.0 GPA, which was perfect. Yeah. Um, it's amazing.
0: It's amazing when you consider you're traveling to training for an hour and a half, hour and a half there, hour and a half, that's three hours a day training and you're still getting straight A's.
1: I I hated homework (laughs) because literally it, uh, in my free time, I had to do the homework yeah. or even in the car rides or, uh, you know, I, I, many, I think that's why I'm a night owl now. Because from a young age, coming back from training, you know, having dinner and then sitting from 10 to 12. Yeah. Did you sleep? Like- barely. Barely. <laughs> and that's why I love sleeping now. Uh, but like from 12, 10 p.m. to midnight or a little bit past midnight, yeah. finishing the homework yeah. for the next day. Uh, because there was just no other time to do it, or on planes, yeah. or at the airports, it was it wasn't easy. But again, uh, the support that I had was was really helped me get through it all, and my parents and, and everybody, friends, teachers, it's
0: incredible work ethic. It makes me feel bad for uh, telling the teachers my dog used to eat my, <laughs> yeah, my yeah, hair. No, 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 I, I, I didn't do also, that. i also
1: I've also pulled some excuses sometimes, but. At the same time, you know, uh, I've learned that bringing them back a little gift or, uh, you know, gift or two from yeah. the traveling, like a little souvenir. Or something To the teachers. Yeah, that always helps. Exactly. That helps so much. <laughs> so That's my dad. Pro, pro tip. Pro tip to any, <laughs> anybody uh, that needs, you know, help or extensions or anything. Give your teachers gifts. Be a teacher's pet.
0: Be a teacher's pet, yeah. My, my dad actually worked at the school I went to. Okay. The high school I went to. So there we were. So he obviously had some friends at the school and yeah I sort of knew them outside school and stuff so that I was helps, yeah. I was always a bit, a bit cheeky and stuff but I got away with quite a lot because Ooh, uh, da- dad You're was lucky, home, yeah. <laughs> the, the mates with the teachers yeah. so yeah that was a bit of a different experience having your dad at your school but yeah was it was all right yeah. um, it's
1: like me having my dad in fencing in our club yeah where trained and you know the the guy who's the mean one who yells at everybody and he even yells at you oh that's my dad so, yes you know similar how did you find that was that it is again there's i always try to look at the positive yeah. and the balance it's good and bad obviously it's it's great to have you know your dad being your coach and you know you know you, he'll be your number one support and stand by you no matter what and he's always going to be there at competitions and. It's also great not to have to pay for high-level coaching because yeah. that's a huge expense that I never had to deal with my whole career, thankfully. Yeah. Uh, the bad and the ugly, you know, we've had plenty of awkward car rides <laughs> when uh, competition didn't go well and, he, you know, he's just grinding at me or laying it into yeah. me and I'm just like, I want go to like away. just go away, but I can't. Uh, or that, you know... It's just fencing 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 at the dinner table or constantly so yeah yeah well, there's
0: not that distinction between family life and it's
1: different for my dad it's difficult yeah. For my dad is difficult my mom luckily she's really she can switch off she f- switches off she's the yeah. mediator and the balance and the harmony in our family and if it wasn't for her phew, it would have been difficult <laughs> <laughs> would have
0: yeah. become a bit much maybe yeah, yeah. so that was part a of the first ever single interview on George Bowman and Friends. Uh, I really hope you enjoyed it. And make sure you come back and listen to Part B, which will be coming out next week.